the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here joined by the good sir Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast from Los Angeles, California. And we're soaking up the sun. going to be 80 degrees, Lundy, here in the City of Angels today. Uh, hopefully uh, that will bring... The zombies out, and they'll be surfacing around Radio Row because it was pretty dead yesterday. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it was kind of a sterile environment. It was very odd. Everything kind of scaled back this year on Radio Row, but it'll ratchet up as we get closer and closer to the big game on Sunday. And uh, there are people out there that are so crazed about various props that they're willing to bet on anything, Lundy, and that includes the coin toss. And, oh, of course— yeah. It's it you know minus one oh five juice wherever you look. And I saw this morning BetMGM sent out some data on you know, where the handle and the spread ticket action is, and apparently it's tails. It never fails. Sixty percent of the tickets are on uh tails and it's fifty eight percent of the handle as well. And I did some research, uh just kind of banged out real quick in the old Google Geek machine, you know, what the history of heads tails was in Super Bowls. Forty-seven percent of the time, it's been heads. Fifty-three percent tails. I guess people are going to side uh, with those percentage odds. So, what do you say? Is it tails ever fails? Do you even bet on this, or are you going to like go against the grain and say heads? Well, you can you can talk me into betting on anything, Brad. I mean, I, let's be honest. People have been listening to this for long enough. Know uh, that you can. I, I'll I'll bet on anything. I don't I don't really care what it is. You know, I'll 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 bet on you know reaching into uh, my pocket to pull out Tic Tacs and which color it'll be. I mean, mm. come on, we can have some fun with this yeah. if we really want to. But yeah. yes, I am, and don't read too much into this. I am a tails guy. Uh, so I'm going to go – if I'm going to bet it, I'm going to bet on tails. Why not? Let's have some fun. Well, the other thing you could do, uh, they have uh, multi-leg parlays around the coin toss. So if you want to spread out the sweat, if everything works in your favor initially, uh, you could take the Bengals to win and uh, also winning the coin toss at plus 350, the Rams to win the game and the coin toss at plus 170. I like the Bengals side of that, at, you know, three and a half to one odds. Yeah. I'm looking for this. These are the kinds of ones that I'm going to enjoy diving into over the course of the next few days, because I want to try to find those sort of oddities that are, I don't know, call it 250 or higher. Those yeah. are what I'm going to be looking at across all the different books, because everybody's got something different. DK's got stuff. FanDuel's got stuff. BetMGM's got stuff. Caesars, et cetera, across. The, but that's what I'm going to start digging around and looking for, because it's those kinds of props and those kinds of pre-built parlays that are where I think you can find yourself some value getting off the grid, right? Getting away from the really obvious stuff. Because I think some of these lines, Brad, even some of the player props are really well set oh, yeah. uh, by the odds makers. So I think if you're going to try to find some value for this Sunday, you're going to have to find it off the beaten path. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's hopefully get a winning ticket right out of the gate. Uh, I'm going to side with heads. And fade the public here at, and take the 47% side at minus 105. Lundy, tails ever fails. That's what he abides by. And this is what we abide by here on the Fade the Noise podcast. It's another edition of the Fade Five. Number five. All right, Lundy, let's drop the puck and make some bucks in the NHL. How'd you fare last night on the very light two-game slate? I know you featured one on the pod yesterday, but uh, what do you got tonight, amigo? Well, looking. Looking into tonight, my friend. Last night we did good, by the way. Uh, remember the uh, the the same game two leg that I told oh, everybody yeah. to take, which was uh, to take Calgary plus 
the or uh, plus the one and a half. I'm uh, excuse me, Carolina plus the one and a half, um, and the over. Well, both of those things happened. Uh, nice. Carolina. Carolina actually uh, wound up winning that one. So uh, it worked out perfectly. Uh, so we got that one. But let's go to the ice tonight, Brad, where we actually are starting to get back into that full schedule. And again, these are those games that are getting rescheduled from the COVID pause that they had to take right around Christmas. Um, and let's go to Winnipeg. But we are not leaning in the direction of the Jets. We are going to go to the visiting Minnesota Wild. Why? Because they have won six in a row and they are nine and one in their last 10. This Minnesota wild team is heating up in fact their only loss in the last 10 was in a shootout to the colorado avalanche uh so you know not exactly you know something to cry over when you're playing against a team the quality of the abs and you took them all the way to a shootout at their place um so you combine all that together this minnesota team is red hot uh, i think winnipeg is in trouble uh, even though they're going to have home ice in this one minnesota is playing with all the confidence in the world right now and i think that they uh, I, I think they're not only going to win they may roll winnipeg tonight with the momentum that they've got so it's been a little bit of a break obviously because of the all-star game last weekend so i'm sure they would have liked to have you know played right away and kept that momentum going but let's roll with the wild on the road against the jets all right drop the puck make some bucks hang with the wild number four all right let's go ahead and march on here and let's feature an nba player pot uh, it has been a roller coaster ride for me in the National Basketball Association. Uh, the heaters, when they have burned, they have burned brightly. And when those cold spells have hit, uh, teeth chattering, to say the least, and major shrinkage of the old bankroll. But uh, I'm on the upward swing here now. Uh, so we're hopefully going to reach a nice little crest and we're going to stay smooth on that plateau with this selection tonight. And that is Desmond Bain. I was born in a dock. Uh, over four and a half rebounds against the L.A. Clippers. That's is exactly what he is averaging on the season. The former TCU Horn Frog and uh, great horny toes. I think he's going to smash the over on this yet again, which he has done here in three consecutive games. Seven, seven, and eight is what he has logged over that three-game stretch. He's already faced the Clippers twice this season, Lundy. Back on October 23rd, six rebounds. Back on January 8th, seven rebounds. So we got the history, we got the recency bias, and you have a superb, scintillating, and sensational matchup as the Clippers have allowed the six most opponent rebounds per game this season. So pulled all together, uh, throw it in a box, uh, wrap it with your favorite paper, put a bow on top. And uh, I think it's a gift that keeps on giving on this over four and a half rebounds for Desmond Bain, minus 115 at DraftKings. Fade or follow. Uh, I'm in on this one. I like it. Nice low number. Uh, easily attained, I think. I, I, sometimes I get a little nervous with rebounding totals that get into Oh, the, yeah. We, you pit out, man. In late yeah. the game, you're, you're hoping for no blowout. So, you know, your guy gets one more rotation into the lineup and hoping you get yeah. that one squeeze of the orange. Yes, and it's the blowouts that scare the crap out. Oh, yeah, just frightening. Because we're, we, we just start losing uh, opportunities. So, yeah, I'm going to take the over with this one. Match up against the Clippers. Let's get uh, Desmond Bain, which, by the way, just sounds like a, like the like a, the name of a bad guy in a movie, doesn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, the Batman right? series. Right? That's what I'm saying. I'm just like, he's just, he is the bad guy. I'm waiting for him to come out with, like, smoke. And uh, anyway, uh, yes, I'll take the over <laughs> on the four and a half boards. Let's do it. Bang the boards! 
Desmond Bain. Number three. All right, let's go to college basketball. It was a, it was a fruitful night. If you listened to the pod yesterday, if you followed some of the picks on live and like. Oh, sure, sure, right. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, yeah, listen. I hope you consoled your wife uh, because that was a tough one. I did not watch the Texas-Kansas game, so I was uh, meandering in the dark down some random streets in Los Angeles, no lie, about 9 o'clock last night. And I'm pulling up the live score, and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe Kansas is going to piss this thing away. And, indeed, they did. And I heard that Trey Mitchell banged home on a bank shot three, just disgusting uh, to really push this game over the top and get Texas the win straight up. So is everything okay, Acosta de Lundy? How many objects did your wife break last well, night? Uh, well, obviously, I'm here in L.A., so I don't know if I'm going to get home and I've got to, like, <laughs> order new windows and doors. Um, you know, I'm going to have to try to find somebody that can come do some home remodeling for me. I don't know, Brad. It could be bad when I get back. Yeah, it could be. But Texas got the job done. All right, all right, all right. Those fighting Matthew McConaughey's. Uh, so let's hopefully keep the good times rolling with this one. Give me the over. On the Syracuse Orange team total, 74 and a half, taking on Boston College and an inept defensive Boston College team. You look at BC, number 313 in the nation in three-point percentage defense and conference action. They're giving up 37.4% along the arc. Overall defensively, number 215 nationally in effective field goal percentage D. Uh, Syracuse has been over this in five of their last eight games. One of the faster teams, not only the ACC, but also the country. You got the, the pair of Bayheim brothers. Uh, get the job done, and you know what they like to do? They like to jack threes. They hit it in a prolific clip at 37.7% on the ACC year. So knowing that your opponent is completely inferior defensively uh, along the arc and knowing that that is your primary strength, uh, this could be like an 80-point outburst from the Syracuse Orange. So I know the Boston College is going to try to slow this thing down, but Syracuse is at home. Uh, they're going to push pedal the metal here. They're going to keep the heart rates up, and as a result, I think they're going to get a lot of easy buckets in the process. So fade or follow, uh, Jim Beheim, Syracuse Orange over 74.5 points team total against Boston College, minus 110 at DraftKings. Well, BC can't hang with them. You were already talking about that. We've seen some of the projections. Bartorvik's got them scoring at least 75. Uh, so this one's one where the combination of who the opponent is with Boston College, along with some of these projections that I've seen, I like these team total bets. I think they're solid. I like this one for Syracuse. So let's roll with the orange to put it through the hoop many, many, many times tonight. Yeah, let's splash those buckets, Syracuse. Stick around for my top picks in the world of college basketball. Plus, oh, you guessed it, bonus time in the NBA, the NHL, and, of course, more college hoops. Number two. All right, we are on the West Coast, the left coast. It is the best coast. I'm what everybody says. Uh, and I am going to stick with the theme here in the Pac-12, and I'm going to take the Stanford Cardinal. Uh, the tree is going to be just slobber knockered and partying hard before tip time. Uh, but the tree is not going to fall over because I think Stanford's going to take care of business against visiting UCLA. I'm going to take the home points here at plus seven and a half against those Bruins. Size matters. That is the story for Stanford. One of the biggest and tallest teams in the country, and they really flex that might in the interior. The number three in offensive rebounding percentage and number one in defensive rebounding percentage in the Pac-12 against an undersized Bruins team. Uh, that does give them a slight advantage. Uh, these two teams played recently back on January 29th inside Pauley Pavilion. 
And Stanford scored just 43 points. Uh, it was puke-inducing. It was barf-worthy for sure, netting just 0.61 points per possession. But no two games were ever the same, and home court means a lot. And Stanford uh, coming off the lopsided win, a smashing of Washington. Uh, they've been scoring the basketball with more ferocity here their last three games, netting 1.035 points per possession so UCLA uh you know smarting still off that three overtime loss against Arizona State on the road of fade or follow do the Bruins get the cover you gonna side with me in Stanford plus seven and a half minus 110 at FanDuel Sportsbook well not surprisingly Brad I'd feel a lot more comfortable with this one on an alt line by myself a few points so I might want to alt lighten this one just in case Stanford uh, I mean yes it's it's a nice tree but do we all remember what the tree looked like in the Charlie Brown Christmas uh, because sometimes Brad the tree is not nearly as strong as you think it is yeah. um, I I believe Stanford should be able to hang with them and I and I agree with the home court. Uh, opportunity and in fact between these two teams the home team uh, is actually 18 7 and 1 against the spread in the last 26 times they've played so you're talking about you know this is a this is a matchup and a lot of this happens in the Pac-12 you get some good home court advantages in the Pac-12 and and I think Stanford can manage to cover but this is one Brad that I probably would want to go find another game like maybe the Colorado State game against Nevada something like that that I might want to pair it up on an alt line with um, just to buy myself a little bit of a buffer here with Stanford. I think they can cover the seven and a half, so I would follow feet to the fire. I would follow on this one, but I think I'd rather bump it up to nine and a half or ten and a half and then find something to pair it with. Maple's magic? Oh, I can only hope. Number one. All right, and last and certainly not least, uh, I have to talk about the game of the night, and it could be the game of the year, not only in the Big Ten, uh, but nationally. It's going to be in the conversation if it lives up to the hype. That is Illinois traveling to one of the best and most underrated venues in college basketball, Mackey Arena, and West Lafayette to take on the Purdue Boilermakers. And, of course, I'm going to side with the Illini here. Uh, with full objectivity, Lundy, plus six. It's just too many points. You know, here's what Illinois does. They defend their asses off. They are number one in the Big Ten in adjusted defensive efficiency. Uh, they're up there as well in terms of shot quality, you know, adjusted defensive efficiency, Bartorvik, Haslametrics, whatever the, you know, site that you get some of these advanced analytics from, Illinois is way up there, on, you know, near or at the top of the ladder in a defensive category. So they are going to put a lot of ball pressure on Purdue. You got Kofi Coburn going up against Zach Eady. That is must-see TV in a rematch from the MLK Day game in which Kofi suffered a concussion uh, in that contest. It was actually in practice and re-aggravated uh, the, the issues. They were exacerbated in that game, and Eady got the best of them. So Kofi Coburn is certainly going to be motivated to exact his revenge. That was a double-over-time uh, finish uh, in which Purdue – uh, squandered a lead late, and that's what they've been known for. Look, they're the best offense in the country, according to efficiency rankings, are the Boilermakers. Gene Ivey's got to make a ton of mo- uh, money at the next level. Uh, Trevion Williams is an absolute stud. Sasha Stefanovic shooting over 40% from downtown. Um, Thompson shooting over 40% as well uh, from the perimeter. I mean, they got weapons galore. But this team has one primary weakness, and that is slamming the door in the competition. We saw it against Ohio State. We saw in that prior matchup against Illinois, in which they squandered a seven-point lead with like a buck forty to go. So at the end of the day, I think Purdue wins this game straight up and sweeps the season series, regular season series against Illinois. 
Uh, but ultimately, the Illini cover. I got Purdue win this thing by three. So fade or follow the I-L-L. Trent Frazier, Andre Curbelo, Kofi Coburn, Alfonso Plummer has been quite the sharpshooter. Hanging tough on the road. It was going to be a raucous Mackey. What do you say, Luddy? Minus 110 to DraftKings. Yeah, I, I think it's too many points. Um, I think Illinois can hang with them. I'm with you on that. I, the six and a half is just too much. You know, again, would I would I love to alt it and get myself a couple extra points just in case down the stretch Purdue does something? Of course, just so I don't get this you know backdoor loss. Um, but at the same time, I, I just I think it's too many points. Uh, this is going to be a hell of a game, though. I God, this is going to be a good game. Brad, let me ask you the the bonus side of this, my man. The over under is at 147. Where are you leaning? Uh, to the under, and honestly, if you want to, you know, take it down to a granular level, uh, I, I saw that the Purdue team totals at seventy six and a half under. That's oh, way okay. too strong. That's a that's a damn. That's a strong number right there. <laughs> it's it's too. I mean, when you have Purdue's going to play at a brisk pace, and, and Illinois is comfortable in variable paces. Uh, they can play slow. They can play fast. Uh, it doesn't matter to them. But if Illinois is going to win this game. This has got to be kind of one of those classic Rock'em Sock'em Robots uh, games in the half court. It needs to be more of a grind. Illinois needs to add some grime to this game. Make it ugly. Make it dirty. And I think they're going to do employ that exact tactic and strategy. And if they're successful at it, I'm not sure that Purdue even cracks 70. If they can, if they can grind them, you just got to hope that they can that they can have some kind of control over the pace of the game, and that Purdue doesn't do it themselves. That's what you like. You said they they need to get in there, get dirty, man. Yeah, Illinois's got to do that, and and I think in part because the closer we get to the tournament, Brad, this team, and we could say this about a handful of teams, but obviously, you know, my son goes to Illinois. You are are an alumnus. Uh, like you and I have a have a reason that we pay so much attention to Illinois. If they want to have success in the tournament, they're going to have to figure out how to play some games like that. You got to be able to turn that trait on against the right kind of opponent. And I think Purdue is one of those opponents that you need to be able to turn that type of, of grinded out type of, you know, I don't want to call it dirty, but just getting physical, getting yeah. ugly, getting banging some elbows. Body. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, you got to bang in the post. And Kofi Coburn's got to make sure he stays out of foul trouble. And, you know, if they got to rely on a boss man's Verdonk, who actually played really well in that first game defensively, and Omar Payne again and expecting a similar outcome, uh, they're going to lose, and they're going to lose convincingly, and Purdue's going to run them out of the gym. But I, I just don't see that happening. Underwood's got these guys firing all cylinders right now. And I know it was, you know, with 96-88 to 88 double OT final uh, the first time these two teams played. But I, I think it's going to be a completely different game the second time around. Going to be a slow jam, to say the least. Ooh, slow jam. Yeah. All right, with that, late, let's get to late it, man. Night slow jam. Bonus <laughs> time, Lundy. Uh, what other uh, jams you got on your hit list today, amigo? Uh, uh, actually, the the game on the uh, schedule in the NHL that I'm looking forward to the most, uh, just because of the two teams, I think this could be pretty good. Is Vegas and Edmonton? Uh, Vegas will be north of the border to take on the Oilers, um, and, and I'm going to take the home team in this one. Um, Edmonton's already beaten the Golden Knights twice this season, and, and I think they're about to do it for a third time um you know i know again we were talking about the break but vegas basically did a four-game road trip went back to sin city for one and now they turn around and they go back on the road again so um, i'm going to give the edge to edmonton in this one and brad how about we've been having a lot of fun with the mountain west lately uh so let me throw a mountain west one out there for you um it's ticked down to 127 and a half i'm still going to stick with it the under 
between Air Force and UNLV. All the Falcons do, Brad, is hit the damn under. Ken Palm yeah. has them. Ken Palm has them near the bottom uh, in in college basketball in terms of uh, their pace. Yeah, um, the uh, Air Force has hit the under in all eight of their road games they're averaging the average of those road games brad is a buck 17 and the over under right now sits at 127 and a half this team just slows everybody down and like i said i, I think it I, I think i saw it last night at about 128 or 129 it's now down to 127 and a half i would jump on that take the under because air force just forces that pace regardless of who they're playing yeah, I think that's a great call there uh, on Bray. Let's stick in the world of college basketball. I'm working a uh, little NBA, and this just in. C.J. McCollum was traded from the Portland Trailblazers to the New Orleans Pelicans, Lundy. Ooh. So trade deadline is going to be heating up, baby. It's going to be sizzling in the NBA. Swapping dudes like nobody's business. That's what the NBA does. It's always one of the best trade deadlines that's out well, there. Well, Fan- FanDuel just sent out a tweet, Brad, about five seconds ago that it says, live look at Dame in Portland. And it's the uh, the meme, the picture of Will, Will Smith, Smith. Just st- yeah. standing in the yeah. middle of the empty living room. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, he's the last man there, and of course he's done for the year. So uh, it's clean in house with the Trailblazers right now. CJ McCollum, member of the New Orleans Pelicans. So it just your futures tickets accordingly uh let's go to college basketball i'm going to take marquette plus six uh against uconn um and look the marquette eagles have been one of the surprise teams of the season they're six and four in road neutral games this year uh yes they did lose uh, to uconn earlier this season 78 to 70 at home but that was way back in december completely different team from that december team that we saw that was in their midst of their struggle and people are like oh they're showing their true colors uh, and then they turn things around. They've been on fire ever since. And UConn cannot hit a basket right now. 0.958 points per possession in their last three. Uh, the Eagles, uh, number one in the Big East in three-point percentage offense at 39.3%. And number one adjusted offensive efficiency. It's just too many points. Some of the Illinois game. So give me Marquette plus the six there. And I- I'm just going to throw out a little three-legger for S's and G's. Give me Michigan State, money line, Villanova. Money line, Wyoming, money line. Each of those teams win against their opponents. Uh, Michigan State taking on Wisconsin at home. Villanova on the road against the Johnnies. And uh, Wyoming, my Cowboys, giddy up at home where they're undefeated against Utah State. That is plus 398. Put that together at BetMGM. Meanwhile, in the NBA, uh, I like the uh, over on Jalen Suggs, 14.5 points against Portland. Uh, hopefully that is still up and live. I don't know. It, you know, Given the trade, it might have been taken down. But if it resurfaces around uh, the same line, I would still pound the over on it. As Again, Portland's cleaning house is one of the worst defensive teams right now in the NBA. Number 29, just in defensive efficiency. Sucks has been over in his last two games with 17 and 17. He hasn't shot well this month. Only 37.7% from the floor. But he's averaging over 31 minutes per game. So... I think Suggs will go out there, get another 15, 16, 17 in the box score, and cash a winning ticket on the over there. That is a wrap on this loaded edition of the Feed the Doys podcast. Uh, please follow Lundy on the Twitter at Nate Lundy. Follow me there at Noisy Cuevas. Drop us a rating and a review if you enjoy this podcast, would you kindly? And until next time, as always, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the noise.